RadioInfluence.com. Good morning, sir. Good morning, my man. How are you? I'm good. You know what? And I actually mean that today. Awesome, man. Yes. I I mean that with 100% honesty. I'm not covering up for shit. You know, the other day I called you, and uh, we immediately jumped right into, like, business. Mm -hmm. And uh, the whole point of me calling you was was (laughs) to be like, yo, what's up, man? How you doing? No, what you're trying to tell me is that you don't care about me. Yeah, you really don't give a fuck about my mental health. And what you're saying is mental health ain't nothing but a weak excuse. I understand, Sean. It was a a good episode, though. I get it, dude. Honestly, um, I listened back to it twice. And it's the first time in a long time where I've actually been 100% real and honest about uh, things that might be going on with me in my head and things like that. So I appreciate you providing me with a safe space. Awesome, man. Hey, so. How was your week? How was your weekend? My weekend was good, man. Um, Halloween weekend. Halloween weekend. Oh, dude. I feel like everybody celebrated Halloween this weekend. Like everybody in the world, Craig. I I had four days of, of Halloween I was I was over it I was I was coming to a point where I was gonna punch Michael Jackson thriller in his face yeah you know like oh dude did you dress up or no uh I wore contacts you wore yeah some you, you wore contacts yeah you didn't some, dress up nigga. some you didn't dress up some uh, lizard uh <laughs> red eyed contacts did you get your hair did that's what I'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You didn't dress up at all. No, I didn't dress up either, bro. It's okay. I'm I'm I feel like I I'm mean, the only person. Hey, do you not remember like in America that didn't celebrate Halloween? Your parents growing up telling you that it's the devil's birthday, yes. you know, and all that yes. shit, bro. So Absolutely. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. Not that I didn't want to dress up. Mm-hmm. It was, it was just like it was work as usual. Absolutely, you know? I agree. Um, this is one of the holidays that I wished I would have celebrated this year. I didn't know it was going to be so lit. Yeah, yeah, Once yeah. I saw all the hey. parties, look, you get invited to parties all the time. Sometimes I just like the oh. invitation so I can say no. You know what I mean? You got to remember last year. Up on that. Right? You got to remember last year mm-hmm. or the past two years. This is true. Is we were shut down. Yeah, man. Right? Last year, I I went to Ebor last, last year mm-hmm. and almost got shot in the head. You know? And that was during COVID restrictions, right? You know, and 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 uh, this year, not only did we have all of Tampa, mm-hmm. we had the whole entire world because we were the only free, Dude, are you the only me? free country in the world, <laughs> best yeah. state in the world, best bro. country in the world, best bro. place in the world. <laughs> Seriously, probably best city yeah. to be real with you, yeah. dog. Yeah, I, I'll keep saying it. Florida is the best country in the world. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> President DeSantis. Yeah, man. That's my guy, but yeah. So it was it was a good weekend. I'm happy I was, to hear that. I was dude. tired. I had had all my kids on top of all uh, 27. All 27, bro. Good God, uh, bro. Cheaper by the dozen was in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so and we went and got our costumes, uh, or their costumes. Yeah. Literally, I think the day of, right? Mm-hmm. And one of them, the actual middle child, like the middle child, because <laughs> yeah, uh, he uh. He decided to get this freaking big blow up mm-hmm. purple dragon with muscles and all that air muscles, yeah. and not a dragon swole, or big fat dragon. No, no, it was, oh, yeah. It was all, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. now it's Barney. Oh, yeah. Okay, Barney was a dinosaur, not a dragon. Got it, yeah, Barney. So, so right. I mean, it was ironic and, and hilarious to me because yeah. I, I called him Puff. Magic dragon. <laughs> so and he's like that. Yeah. So everywhere we went, yeah. they're like, "What are you?" I was like, "He's Puff, mm. the Magic Dragon." And they're and like, you know, for parents, <laughs> for the cool parents. So I was tapping moms were yeah. like, huh. and then I was like, "Yo, that's funny." I was like, "Yeah, I thought so." Cool too. parents get Sounds it. Sounds like you're calling for fire in Afghanistan, yeah. bro. Exactly. That's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so 
All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest with us this morning. Uh, his name is William Cortell. Pronounce that correctly? Yes, you did, sir. Thank you. William is a 22-year uh, uh, Army veteran, uh, specializes in intelligence, as well as did a little stint in uh, law enforcement, correct? And I was infantry. And a Respect. combat infantryman. Yes, sir. He brings to us today the juice, okay? <laughs> The That's juice. what we're calling it. Yeah, he. Oh, uh, we don't or, even need to think about or, the title for this yeah, episode, the, bro. <laughs> it's hey, juice. Yeah, I like that. I like that. You know, the juice. So mm -hmm. he, uh, I'm going to let when get there in a moment. But to bring full transparency, sir. Okay, uh, this is not your first rodeo with our government, correct? Oh no. Okay. <laughs> oh no. So if you can give me a quick little breakdown as to you know your past history and then we can roll into the juice okay <laughs> well in the history i mean when i was in iraq with 101st we were second brigade combat team and um there was a lot of let's just say uh bad guys on both sides you know anything from al-qaeda to jayshal mahdi over to people in u.s military and also state department and there was a before we go any further you're not going to say or do anything to get me to get me hilloried <laughs> no. Well, basically, we're trying to say All we're right. trying to get canceled here. No, go for it. Dog. Listen, shooters, shoot on All this right. pod, dog. Oh All my right. god. Continue. Well, anyways, this is back in 2008. You know, mostly, but I was in intelligence then. I was doing a pretty hardcore tour. I was the only intelligence guy for a large sector. But anyways. Starting from there, there was all kinds of trouble with you know people on our side that were doing things wrong, and I wasn't you know one of those that was trying to do things wrong. However. You know, so, we're not trying to to uh, bust everybody out. It's called double standards. Anything from, you know, fraternization or sexual contact to, you know, yes, alcohol sir. to wearing civilian clothes. Yes, sir. And a lot of the local nationals there that were both Sunni or Shia that were on any side of the aisle, their goal was blackmail. And they loved to get blackmail on soldiers. They loved it. So that was one of the things that I had to interrupt. Um, and that was also pivot point for me with some of the command not having a really good time with me about things because of the people involved. Right. Unfortunately, blackmail is blackmail. I'm not going to let some local national in Iraq take you know, our people for a ride mm -hmm. just because they think they have something on them. And that all dealt with geo number one. Anyways, moving forward after getting back from Iraq. So we have a lot of, uh, civ a lot of uh, civilian listeners as well. So if, if you can kind of break it down Civilian style. Sure. So general order number one was what we were given to not have alcohol, pornography, sexual contact, things of that nature. No fun. Yeah. So, have zero fun so is what they're saying. This is where this is where some of the stuff came out, yeah. but it led to a lot bigger issues in reference to my, my primary target, which was a guy named Rafia Sawi. Rafia Sawi was the minister of finance in Iraq. He was a Sunni and he was also tied to Al Qaeda. During our stint there, the uh, FBI, along with the League Act and the embassy and our guys, busted him for the Central Bank of Iraq fire, which took place in 2007. This fire was targeted at the 12th floor of the Central Bank because that housed our physical hand receipts of how much cash we were given the Iraqi government for provincial reconstruction. Now, all those hand receipts entailed $12 billion in cash 
and they got puffed up in smoke along with the top four floors. This was intentionally set by Colonel Rad, the head of the PSD for Rafia Sawi. We brought a U.S. style court case against him and applied it in the first Iraqi court in the Green Zone or the IZ. And the State Department caused us to drop the case against Asawi, but we did prosecute uh, Rufia Asawi's uh, PSD leader, Colonel Rad. However, this money was transferred to two places. Part of it was in Denmark. We, we knew for sure $394 million went to Denmark, and the rest went to Brazil. Well, this is in 2008 this case took place. And transitioning back to the States from myself, I transferred from the 101st to Central Command. I brought this case back up. Because now you have $12 billion in cash, pretty much, funding a great deal of terrorist movement from Brazil to the United States. They are using this money to pay cartels for freedom of movement. That was my big beef. It also funded not only al-Qaeda, but there was some elements of Hezbollah. This gets better, so understand this. And, and this is all factual. Oh, yeah. What made you decide to make that turn in order to make the decision that you might want to expose what's going on because it's a threat to the United States. That's right. There. It's just simple. A threat mm-hmm. to the United States and to the Middle East. You're upholding your, <clears throat> your oath. That's what I'm saying. I, in my I'm, opinion, my oath is what, what drives me even as a veteran, but at central command, when I brought this, this case up, it took me four years to bring it to fruition. I had a simple mission. My mission was not really classified. It was a simple unclassified mission. Uh, I wanted to go get Rafia Sawi. And because of the unrest in the Middle East, as the Middle East was turning all Shia and Iranian-backed, as opposed to Sunni, thanks to policies from the previous administration, I'm talking President Obama's. Right. I wanted Asawi to give us his roller decks or info on all the Al-Qaeda. I wanted him to give us our money back, and I wanted to put him back in as the Minister of Finance. That was the mission. So Hold on. You you want it. I mean, did you have any control like that? I wanted that. That's the mission I presented because of his unique position. And this was brought up to our interagency group, which is called the, the IAG. Okay, so I talked with State Department reps, DOD reps. I talked to agency reps. We talked in, in great length about this. And we created this mission. Now, the mission when it was created was canceled by the Department of Treasury. Shortly after the cancellation of Treasury canceling our mission, which was outrageous. Okay, they tried to arrest Asawi. Now, the arrest of Asawi caused 14 Middle Eastern countries to protest that were all Sunni dominant. And it also caused a rift with a lot of people inside of Iraq because we were not allowed to report on uh, Sunni-led slash Al-Qaeda attacks because under President Obama's administration, he stated simply that Al-Qaeda was gone because they killed bin Laden. So this this put up a huge you know problem, and I'm I'm jumping back and forth in chronology, Sorry. and I apologize, but this was very significant because the other thing that we learned was that Ahmed Medinejad, the president of Iraq, allowed the former president of Iran, Ahmed, I mean um, Ahmed Medinejad, excuse me, Maliki was the president of Iraq, excuse me, that allowed Ahmed Medinejad from Iran to come into Iraq and to abscond with over 400 million U.S. dollars of provincial reconstruction funds. He also put this money in banks in Brazil. Now, he was only a president eight months Why Brazil? Yeah. <laughs> because in Brazil, there's, there's a hub down there that we can't discuss, but the hub allows for the money to be there and allows for it to be used. So now you have this is like the whole uh, extremist groups that are being funded 
through Brazil, through the prior president of Iran, and through other elements of Al-Qaeda through Asawi. So, so Brazil is, is like another Panama, where apparently all is. these leaders kind of funnel... In sharing the information with other agencies to include Southern Command at the time President Obama was in charge, we were told that Obama only ordered interdiction on the high seas and we had no relations with South and Central America, which was a problem in a lot of countries. And then the other piece, if you remember, was this whack job Snowden that came out with all these classified documents. Well, <laughs> well, Mr. Ex-Navy classified document guy, yeah. all he did was he was an IT dude. He was supposed to repair computers. Mm. So now... He's grabbing documents. Yeah, Yeah, he's grabbing documents and producing to the Brazilian media that, hey, United States and Britain are listening to every conversation, looking at every text, looking at every email. What a what a load of garbage. And and the the Department of State, the Department of Defense did not put out any counter statements to shut him down fast enough. So now that alienated this country where this money's been flowing. Right. So with the information, not to interrupt you. No, no, go ahead. With the information that (laughs) it's just is to hear you call him a whacked up. That's the first time in a long time that I've heard somebody on the opposite end of the fence speak about Snowden. Would you have preferred that the information that he put out to the public not have been disclosed? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is the information he put out there was a hodgepodge job of garbage. Got you. It had no real relevance. And we did a lousy job as a government, I'm talking. We did a lousy job in basically refuting that and saying, hey, that that's really not true. Understood. And we tried not to mend fences. My Asawi case would have allowed us to mend some fences with law enforcement and governments to go get this money back, return it, and get Asawi back in office would have quelled some of the violence that's taking place in Iraq and Syria in regards to Sunni Shia. I know it's a big picture thing, but this is what the whole plan was about. But shortly after that, because the D- Department of Treasury shut my plan down, I had gone to uh, a scripting conference in Suffolk, Virginia. We have a joint staff. Well, we do this wonderful internal look exercise at CENCOM every year. So I actually worked at joint staff J7, mm-hmm. and um, I was a part of those. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. yeah. So I get up there, and um, one of my contractors is a guy named Steve Conrad. He's retired Army, and he's he's a contractor for Booz Island Hammond. I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. You know Conrad? I know Conrad, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So anyways, he tells me how he used to work for General Flynn. And I'm like, okay. So I'm at the scripting conference. I work for General Flynn. I ran into General Flynn in person. We talked. He asked me what I'm doing. Told him I'm retiring. He said, what are your regrets? Never had anyone ask that. So then he talked to me, said, tell me what your regrets are. I said, yes, sir. So I told him about this Asawi case. Well, he instantly wanted information on it. I'm sorry. This guy had like the biggest earlobes I've ever seen. How old was he? We're going to be real about yeah, it. Yeah. Your ears don't stop growing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, he's and old. he's a general at yeah, the time. Yeah, I'm yeah. guessing 60 yeah. something. Yeah. Oh, God. He's in his late 50s. Late 50s. Yeah, me, yeah. Come on. So so I'll tell you what happened with General Flynn. So I get back to CENCOM. I send him a couple emails on JWix, like he asked. About three days later, I get called in. My chain of command, I'm not going to mention their names, but I have a major that's ahead of me, lieutenant colonel, a navy captain, a GG5 billion or something like that. And then I have the JIC commander and then the J2 at CENCOM. Like I said, I'm not mentioning no names. So I get called in at like 1700, 5 p.m. for civilians. And because um, <laughs> you wanted that. <laughs> Don't put it on me. He wanted that. <laughs> 
Don't blame so, the black guy in this situation. No, blame the brown man. <laughs> I'm good. Oh, God. Different good. tones. Yeah. That's awesome. So then I get called in and I'm getting screamed at. And I was told that General Dempsey, who was the chief of staff, was informed about this. And under the new CENTCOM commander, General Austin, he was informed about this. And they told my command, basically, like Austin. slaughter me in place. You shouldn't like him. But I'll tell you, I couldn't believe that that happened. So for three days, I was getting shunted by the whole chain of command. I had to produce my documents about the mission for a salary, which I did. I produced all of that, showed who went through in the chain of command. Shortly after that, I was accused of having pornography in my system. Did you? I know. And then here's the better part. I was also accused of having other things wrong with my career. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was very ticked off about it, but unlike everybody that I'd done, because I was an investigator assigned by CENTCOM many times, we would shut off the unclassified and the secret system, but we would leave open their top secret and made them go to work, okay? Well, in my case, I was removed. I was put in a CENTCOM parking lot for two weeks from 06 to 1600. Yes, sir. Okay? And then from there, I was made to go down to the gym. Wasn't allowed back on CENTCOM grounds. Nobody in my section that works there, and I worked in an open base section with 150 folks, was talked to by anybody, wasn't allowed to talk to me. Why do you think that is? Because they wanted me slammed. Because he was a whistleblower. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. So after nine months of an IT investigation of my so-called pornography and also illegal contact with overseas and also doing these green notices for Interpol that I was supposed to do, tasked to, um, why porn? You could have went with like drugs or something that would actually stick. You know what I'm saying? You, you dang skip. Oh my God. Yeah. Porn? Listen, bro, you're looking so, in the wrong place. So I went to, to a court martial because that's what I wanted. Yeah. And I had to represent myself. And I won the court martial. Now, under real, military regulation, I'm supposed to be able to go back to work, right? After the court martial was done and I won, I wasn't allowed to go back to work. I had still had to stay at the gym. And they denied me my retirement award, but they couldn't deny me my retirement. The Department of Defense IG did not act on anything. Long story short, everything after this panned out, and of course I went on Fox News and elaborated my situation. I made sure that the world knew that this is what I was accused of. Bottom line up front is we're still paying a piper for all of the stuff that's going on in the Middle East right now and in South and Central America, thanks to bad decisions in the past. You know, that's a lot of money, $12 billion. And then there's a lot more money in other cases as well. But that's what brought me through to trying to do the right thing, abide by the oath. The problem we have in the military is there's so many people that don't take the oath seriously. Yeah. And they are accountable under law, under UCMJ and others. So this is where I have my big beef, why people don't stand up. Mm. So my background is very colorful. There's a lot more to tell. I don't think it's worth the time to go through it other than to say what we've come to today. Mm -hmm. The juice. Yep. The juice. So, ladies and gentlemen... Mr. Cotel here is has a active lawsuit, a uh, Supreme Court lawsuit, correct, against President Joe Biden. Mm. Yep. He's got the Secretary of Defense and the Secretary of State, and uh, in this, I believe it's a seventy-eight page, <laughs> close to that, right? Most of its examples, right. Uh, in this uh, 78 page uh, document, we're not going to cover every page, but we will be having a in-depth uh, conversation on it. So why? <laughs> why? All right. First off, the Afghanistan withdrawal was an absolute fiasco. And the reason why is because 
nobody stood up to do the right thing. And I'm going to be very clear on that. I don't care who dislikes me or not. I really don't. In 2011 and 12, General Austin got his fourth star after clearing Iraq in the same fashion. And all those pictures and videos you see on the news of ISIS and Al-Qaeda when they were created and all that crap, that's all the equipment that he left behind in Iraq. Now we're doing the same thing in Afghanistan. These are called patterns of misconduct. And we're doing it to the 10th degree power. So... The bottom line up front is that nobody in the chain of command said, I'm not going to follow those unlawful orders because issuing orders like they did were unlawful. The magnitude of what we lost, I'm not going to go into detail of numbers because I don't want to say that I can be a bean counter. I'm not. But I can tell you, we lost weapons. We lost sensitive items, meaning night vision equipment. Absolutely. And another item that's very critical to me is the biometric system, affectionately known as the BAT. Those are the two main yeah. pieces of equipment that I have an issue yep. with. Night vision capabilities for the yeah. enemy is 100% unacceptable. That is yeah. one of our only last tactical advantages Correct. that we yeah. have left in modern day combat fighting. But you're also talking about I mean, cigars. You're talking about it. Blue Force trackers. These are all very high-end items. But let's get into some other items. There are classified items left behind as well. Now... Somewhere on aircraft, somewhere in other places. Mm -hmm. It was a combination of both the state and Department of Defense that left these items in place. They used the wrong airport to extract from. There should have been red flags from a lot of people in the chain of command all the way up and down all the time. There were none. There red were flag none. Thursday. Yeah. There were none. They allowed it to go, and then they get all jovial and happy and pat themselves on the back. Hey, out of boy, on how how many people you evac'd. From Afghanistan. So out of 124,000. I was about to say, what about all the people who weren't? Yeah, but 124,000, how many of those do we know about? Correct. Like 15, maybe 20,000? Yeah. Yeah. So where are the other 100,000 unknowns? They're in the United States or being transferred to the United States, unvetted. But we took none of our personnel out that are still left behind and none of our equipment. That's unacceptable. Mm -hmm. That's unacceptable. And nobody in the Congress and Senate are really standing up to do anything about it, to enforce it. None of the agencies are enforcing it. So it's wild. Yeah. From from the individual perspective, one of the main things that is harped on us the minute you get into the military is gear accountability. Accountability in general, but especially gear accountability. You can't get away from property. Oh, my goodness. No, I mean, a piece of black gear is so A peck on your rifle is so expensive. It's in, You're talking thousands of dollars. Thank you. And then to distribute that to the enemy at a mass production level to the point where hey the ANA just left everything yep. and we just came I just walked in here and there's all this podcast equipment well what the fuck do you expect me to do I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna start my own podcast with this equipment <laughs> no shit <laughs> and like I told you my story with yeah. with the one rifle the one rifle mm. that my unit lost <laughs> FBI yeah NCIS yep. uh, speaking of which I wonder if second marines ever found that rifle in Camp Lejeune <laughs> yeah. last it's all good last I heard it it was uh Recovered in a, in a pawn shop <laughs> down, down in Miami. So, um, fly. but you know, like the uh, the account and the accountability is always held in the weeds, right? Meaning, meaning that here I am, a, a young E four, E like E five, mm -hmm. and and everything's gonna be like I'm. I'm gonna be charged to the max. Absolutely, you know. 86,000 items get left behind in a country and not one fucking single person is held accountable. There's an issue there. Your your 
court case is one of the only court cases that I've heard of since this entire debacle has happened, besides Lieutenant Colonel Scheller being locked up for just demanding one ounce of accountability amongst the command. Okay, let me let me let me stop you really fast on the Colonel Scheller thing. I, I don't know a lot about that case. I can tell you that what he stated was initially in his first video was good. But you know he violated UCMJ. He went off the rail. Yeah. I'm not denying that. Yeah. He agreed yeah. with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then his second rant in private setting was more of a threatening tone and could be used against him. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he stood up and said, I don't want you know General Flynn's help and all that, he doesn't need that guy's help. Nobody needs his help, to be honest with you. That's a coward and a liar. Mm-hmm. Let me say that again. Flynn is a coward and a liar. Dare you to come and talk to me about that, stud. One time for the people so, in the back, huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. Well, he's the reason that, that, that I got screwed at Suncom yeah. because he backdoored me with his XO, Colonel Smith. George Flynn? General Michael Flynn. Oh, Mike. Oh, all right. Okay. okay. Army all guy. Right. DIA. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, turdball okay. extraordinaire. There all you right. go. All right. So anyways, let me just break this down. So now... You have all. The, I was about to get mad. The next year we're talking no, about the man, same thing. Defend here, your bro. dude. I got all you, right, man. I got you. Right. But anyways, I just say that that this mandamus is going over in general what needs to be done. All I'm stating in my mandamus, my legal writ to the Supreme Court, is simple. That in, in a nutshell, that the government has to go back and collect our personnel and our equipment immediately the government <laughs> I don't think you're asking for a lot the government needs to go back and conduct an investigation or a 15-6 on why the number one high value target is a hiri the bin laden replacement guy and his number nine on the hvt list bodyguard were not actioned the day before the bombing and i'm asking for why there was an intelligence failure so these are the things I'm asking for. I don't put numbers in there because I don't know the numbers of personnel or equipment because they change every minute. And I don't know all the ins and outs. But let's break it down into a nutshell, boys and girls. This is giving aid, comfort, and support to the Taliban, one terrorist group. Al-Qaeda, another terrorist group. ISIS or ISIS-K, you can break them down into other groups. And now that they've sold this stuff to Iran, now you know Hezbollah's got it and facing off on Israel. Correct. And you know that Jaysh al-Mahdi and other extremist Shia groups have our equipment. So now they have the best and the brightest of our equipment spread out throughout the Middle East to include personnel. And the State Department was kind enough to leave their bat systems and their hide systems behind and other things, passport-making material and more. So all I'm asking my mandamus is that we go back and get this. I, I cite in here and under the laws of both military and civilian federal law, how the facts are that you can't put an artificial timeline on a withdrawal that's going to cause mass chaos. Correct. That you cannot leave personnel behind. And then you have a due diligence and a responsibility to go after and recover them. I don't say how. I don't say why, because I'm not in a government position anymore to authorize troops or anything. Mm-hmm. They are. That's their function. May I ask a question? Absolutely. In the event that we are not able to gain accountability of our equipment again, how do you foresee the next fight going? In my opinion, one of the main things that we that we had over our enemy in the last 20 years was a tactical advantage in regards to the advancement of our equipment and the way we're trained to use it. You put those guys on the same playing field, we're still going to win the fight. I just have a feeling, much different fight. <laughs> Well, I can put it to you like this. This opens the doors for all these groups to attack all different locations around the world that are coalition or 
U.S. backed and to include us on U.S. sovereign soil Understood. because we already have groups of terrorists that are in country. And now we have all these, you know, migrants that came from Afghanistan in the country now that are unvetted. There are already rapes and already fights going on and already things happening. They're going to just melt into the population. Now they have splinter cells all over the country. The administration knew this. They had no business taking these people out of Afghanistan and just leaving it that way. They knew, they knew, even President Trump knew that when this was going to happen, we were going to leave a contingent force at our main airfield that would cover them and help the Afghani military with air. And President Biden didn't do that. And he cleared Afghanistan in the most disgusting manner I've ever seen. It, it is it is actually treasonous by some standards. But other I standards... Agree with you. I'm just yeah, I can't find a, I can't find a point to disagree with. Politically, we might be on opposite ends. I cannot disagree with you here. Yeah. I can't. It's absolutely abhorrent. It's everything that we were taught at I mean from day one. Mm-hmm. Um I've got a couple questions for you. Yes, sir. Okay. What is gonna be the outcome of this court case? And do you think it'll it it, it will meet it will meet your would you be content with the outcome? So, me personally, I don't think this is going to do a damn thing. I don't think our government is 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 going to allow you to even gain an inch on this. So let me let me um, explain why I did this the way I did this. Go for it. Just we'll we'll break this down. Absolutely. So in the legal context, if I get a, an outcome that's positive for me, the administration will ignore it, even though it's from the Supreme Court, and even though it's the right thing to do. The main reason behind this document is to start motivating those in office to do things, which was already done because I sent you Congresswoman Green's video, which is a five-minute video take, and she's conducted five, or actually now four, excuse me, articles of impeachment. And uh, HR, Resol- we heard of them? HR Resolution 627 goes over my mandamus specifically. And why we haven't heard of them is because they're being knocked around in the House, and the House is trying to downplay it because the Republicans don't have office in, in the senior portion, so they already have been done. If you wish to play that, we can open it up and play that for you, or you could play that in another episode. But bottom line up front is this is to call attention to people. Right. So let me let me digress and back up for one second. Before I ever did this mandamus, I did Department of Defense Inspector General complaints. I did Department of State Inspector General complaints. That was in the email that I sent you for Correct. us to see it in person right. for the second time. I would, never, I would never do this without going through other offices. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't do it. But I did after they refused to open a case on it. Absolutely outrageous. And I did my complaints before the bombing took place, which really makes this a significant event. And I listed down the authorities of the inspector general in my mandamus. I made sure that it was there so they could see, anyone could see it. So to all those in the audience... Those that are stuck with with being in this catch-22, like, what can I do? I can't do anything. I'm helpless and blah, 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 blah. In a lot of ways, that's true because information doesn't flow. But the reality is you can get online. You can conduct your own IG complaints. You can talk to congressmen and senators like I do. And no matter how much people try to blow you off, remember this. Those documents generate records. Those records are really critical to have on file for the future. If we don't do some type of impeachment against this current president, we will be in war in a very short amount of time. My question for you, one of my questions for you would be, do you fear backlash? Do you fear repercussions for 
holding our government accountable. The reason why I asked that question is just from watching. Again? Again? Because he's already gone through it once. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So on, on your personal life now, yeah. because you're out, and they, they might not have a professional hold against you, but there's still ways they can make life very, very, oh, there very are. different. Yeah. There are. But let's think about it like this. Let's say they do something that makes my life more difficult than it already is. Right. Okay? What is that proof? Correct. Doesn't it prove my case? Mm -hmm. Doesn't it, it prove that people yeah. should stand up no. and take responsibility? Look, you took an oath once. Follow your oath. Mm. Don't feel you know cut off. Don't feel alone. You're not. If you're a veteran, if you're a civilian, it doesn't matter. Your opinions matter, and people need to be able to stand up and say something. Regardless, if you're brave and you want to say it in public, or if you're you're not, but you want to say something, you do it in private online with these IG offices, with these you know congresswomen and congressmen and senators. You can do this. You have a voice. Mm -hmm. You know they want to come after me. They've done it so many times, and I've gotten so you know so slammed by it. But it's not going to deter me. My wife supports me in this case too, because somebody's got to do the right thing. Mm. How many people can do the wrong thing before you don't say anything? Mm. My God. I mean, I, uh, in this whole entire uh, situation, I was working with, um, pineapple express and, uh, yep. and I went down to Kathy Castor's office five times. <laughs> Haven't heard a goddamn word from her and email knock on the door, talk to her assistant. They would, they, they, they will purposely ignore you. That is correct. And I've been to hers reason. and I've been to or Senator Rubio's office. Rubio. After talking to him, he shut it down. I talked to his intelligence guy, a guy named Brian Walsh. I don't know how much intelligence he knows, but it's not very much in my opinion. And nothing gets done. However, when you go and you send these messages and emails, now you have a basis to go through these different IG offices. And those are what generates reports. And that's what goes on file. It sounds minor, but it really is more than just minor. Right. Now, you can hold these Congress people and these senators to fire. The same thing with your elected officials locally and the same thing to the IG offices. It's just a question of when do we get back to the rule of law? And that has to be enforced at some point in time. There's so much corruption and, and, and dissension going on and people don't trust anybody. The IRS was weaponized under Obama. Now you have the education board weaponized against, you know, under Biden against parents that don't want to have their kids taught this garbage that has no meaning in class. And then they're being threatened and called terrorist groups. And meanwhile, we have real terrorist groups coming in. You know? The, th these are factual statements under opinionated agendas. Mm -hmm. Right? So close. Yeah. You were yeah. about that. Yeah. Oh, I was going to yeah. love that beautiful yeah. soliloquy yeah. that you were yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> Spell it. Yeah. Oh, God. So, you know, but I mean, we as American people, you know, we fall under we are, we have become divided by agenda. You know, I uh I, yesterday Virginia had a had a dramatic turnaround. That shit, yes. I don't even follow yeah, politics yeah, like that. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, that was I'm awesome. a happy yeah. man. <laughs> you know, but you know, and the uh, mainstream media kept on asking the. Uh, the Democratic parties, you know, just say, hey, you know, does does this change the course? Does it, does this change, you know, our agenda? This, mm -hmm. you know, and this 
I find it baffling as 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 to whether it's progressive or um, conservative. You know, those are the agendas, one way or the other. That's you the know? thing. You know, like, but then, what do you do if you don't have a side? Right. So I was thinking about this in my free time the other day. I don't have a party to pick. Right. There is no political party for me because I'm a black man who also believes in the Second Amendment, who also believes that drugs should be legal, who also believes that law enforcement should be held accountable, you believe who also believes that law enforcement needs funding and training. There is no party for me. You, but I'm supposed to pick a side. I cannot do that. So, so let me ask you a question, just a, a generic question, right? Mm -hmm. So nothing in my mandamus or in, in the way I've done business with, with myself right. Right, is politically motivated. Mm -hmm. If I say, you, hey, you should vote for the Republican, it's not because the Republican guy's a good guy, a better mm -hmm. guy. It's because he's less corrupt than the other one. Mm -hmm. Or you should vote for an independent. Or you should vote for a progressive. Truth is, is in politics today. You really believe that Republicans are That's less, the issue. Less corrupt? I, I can't, no, no, I can't no, no, vote. I'm just giving you an example. I think I'm right, picking right, up right, what you're putting right. I'm just doing an analogy. Mm -hmm. All yeah. I'm saying is that to vote in, in any elections these days is difficult. Number one, is your vote going to count? Number two, what kind of corruption did each one do? Mm -hmm. what, what, when you're, or all of them? What did they do? What right. did they come away Who's with? Who's the least corrupt out of all three? You understand that we lost the rule of law. We've lost the rule of law. Who fucked the least amount of kids? Who lost the rule of law last? Yeah. Doesn't matter, but no one's trying to get it back. Mm -hmm. So compromise. people get screwed. And this is all I'm saying. You can't just look at political parties. That's why none, no politics is in my mandamus. I won't play that game. Copy. No. You know, because everybody's got their own views and opinions. Right. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to actually doing your complaints and raising your voice, you have to go through your locally elected leaders and then hold them accountable through the IGs. You can do this little by little. It's not like a 24-7 thing, mm -hmm. but you can still abide by the oath if you've taken one or abide by doing the right thing if you're a civilian. You can still do that. And we can still help our, our veteran brothers and sisters and families that have suicide problems. We can get them back on track. The best medicine is to help mm -hmm. and veterans that help other veterans get more satisfaction. So if you're a depressed veteran, if you go out and help other veterans or their families, you become satisfied. It's one mechanism to get out of that rut and still have a voice. We are a service-based community. We we enjoy providing a service. We enjoy, you know, protecting uh protecting others or doing for others. Yes, I completely agree. Getting back to the main topic of are we compromised? Is our nation compromised? Is our government government compromised? We had a conversation about Afghanistan and, and the uh, August 26th bombing. You know, where is the accountability? And, and, I, and you and I had this conversation on our own as well. I don't think our government will, will, will let a snail come anywhere close to finding out the truth. Okay. That it's, was going to be one yeah, of my questions, yeah, to it, be real. It, yeah. it, it's, it's, it, it'll never happen. You know? Well, look at it like this. The guy that was the intelligence man that, that divulged the information to Politico mm -hmm. after the bombing was so incensed, and everybody knows who it was. I don't personally, but CENTCOM does and General McKenzie does. And as a result, this man is probably going to lose everything for having divulged it. But he knew the day prior and two days prior, the intelligence stated there will be an attack. 
there will be an attack. Mm -hmm. Photos I have in my mandamus of the number two and num the number one and number nine attack. targets mm -hmm. were sitting right outside mm -hmm. the area where the bombings took place. Correct. I mean, but in that sea of people, how in the hell are we supposed to be able to identify one individual Because person? all the people at the gate, they can identify Correct. who's there. And that's and what I'm saying, ISR to allow assets. that mass flood of people and knowing that an attack is imminent, you're setting yourself up for mass casualty. So the, the, the 13 casualties that died mm -hmm. are in, you know self-inflicted by the actions or inactions of central command. Mm. They should have acted. Troops on the ground should have been alerted. I was, I was, I was afraid where that statement was going, but uh, no, you know I what I mean? Yeah. yeah. They, That's they, the should, they should yeah. be alive. There's no absolutely. question. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All those Marines who died should still be here. Okay. 100%. And the army and Navy. Absolutely. Yeah. You made it seem like I was only looking out no. for my guys. Did you hear that? No. That's, that's what I always say. I'll, I'll say I'm always speak for my team. Yes, I always say the thirteen servicemen. So, you know, not to offend anybody. Oh, God. Yo, the, oh, real, the real man should still be here. I'm playing. Yeah. I'm playing. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, God. But it's just, okay, so one of my biggest, not necessarily concerns, but misunderstandings is, one, how long of a process do you anticipate it being? And two, when I asked you about backlash, I don't think I was specific enough. I'm talking financial. I'm talking career-wise, and I'm also talking about your life. You right. know, does that ever? Does that ever? Because we know people have disappeared before. We know people have suicided themselves before. We knew people have shot themselves in the head twice. That's what I'm before. talking about. I'm trying not to get Hillary. Do bro. you understand what I'm like, saying? So that's why. Yeah. Hey, fuck it. I'm gonna go there. Um, yeah. Do you ever? Does looking over your shoulder ever become a factor that you take into consideration? I always take that in consideration. Mm -hmm. I mean, in Iraq, I got, you know, for sure, death threats. I got all kind of stuff. But, it, you know, the whole thing is, is that if some group of cowards would actually order the death of a U.S. veteran or a service member or citizen, for that matter, that are our own people, you know, because of something going on. Um, that's the most cowardly act in the world. Absolutely. And I just use my favorite Iraqi word, which is Jiba. Which you know, means bring it. <laughs> so the other point to this is that if they wish to come at you, you know, law enforcement or, you know, IRS wise or mm -hmm. whatever your job or anything like that. Again, it goes back to cowardly acts. Copy. The only way to counterman that is to get political, you know, and to get verbal and to get on media. Yes, sir. So at the end of the day, the whole point is, is that why won't the media touch you right now? Mm. Why won't the media touch us right now? I don't know. I haven't really submitted except the one to Fox News to people I know there. And I know that Congresswoman Green, out of all the senators and congressmen that I communicated with, she's the only one that posted, uh, you know, impeachment articles. If Fox won't touch it, then you ain't even want to bother submitting to anybody else. I sent it to Fox as well. And, yeah. and uh, they're like, we're not touching this. That's so crazy to me. That's so wild to me. If Fox won't yeah. touch something, but that would make Joe turned. Biden yeah. look bad. Look at how they turned. Wow. So Fox man. used to be conservative, but then President Trump came in and Fox turned not so conservative. Mm. I mean, you can nug all these backlash things all day long. The bottom line up front is that. Mm -hmm. There are only two pundits that, that weren't yeah. conservative you know. on, on, on Fox. Everybody else was on his dick. I know. I hear you. But all I'm saying is that this is legal. Mm -hmm. This is factual. Mm-hmm. There's no ambiguity in here. There's no William Cotell's opinion. There's no, you know, hey, I talked to my neighbor, Sean. That's my opinion. first question to you. No like, way. Like, is this fact? Like, do you Every have bit. solid uh, solid evidence, research, data to, to, you know, prove your claim? 
and uh i went through it and and everything that i read you know timeline chronologically uh resources it, it's it's legit so let me tell you a real quick story right so in the past i used to tell people if you're going to do an interview media or anything don't make up opinions or i feel or i think or mm -hmm. i scratch my butt and it came out this mm -hmm. morning you know talk factually talk like you're going to be subpoenaed and have to talk under oath so there was a veteran as an air force veteran it was an e3 okay and i had advised him of this before and there was a uh, conference i guess it was a republican type conference i didn't go to this but um one of the uh, gold star family members charles woods his son ty woods died in benghazi attacks he was a navy seal and uh, they were all there at this this meeting. And so was a guy named Ross Perot. Now, he's not like the other Ross Perot. He's, he's what we call bird boy. Now, Ross Perot is a guy that trains falcons his whole life in the Middle East. That's all he did. So in a frenzy of people clapping and talking at the end of this thing, this kid throws out to the media, bin Laden's alive. And Ross Perot throws out to the media and to everyone on stage, I know where he is. He's in Iran. Now, the reasons behind them doing this were because the U.S. bounty is still $25 million. If Correct. you have proof of life, you'll get the $25 million. Somehow, President Trump retweeted what he stated, talking about bin Laden's alive. Now, let's look at the second and third order effects. <laughs> I love how you said somehow. You mean right. three in the morning while the guy's sitting there on the toilet on Twitter with his own phone. He went and did that. What this oh, did so is this re invigorated mm -hmm. the caliphate yeah right we all on track because now the whole world the media doesn't report the whole world thinks that because president trump retweeted that and never corrected it that we're doing it this, this is, is what happens from a guy that got out of the air force on social media who's an e3 mm -hmm. running his mouth with a guy that trains birds and all of a sudden they're intelligence experts <laughs> you know what i mean and then they're going to say that this guy's alive and i'm like i'm glad that this guy has access to going into iran but we have a lot of people that have come out with what I call story time. They do a lot of manipulation of stories to make you know a name for themselves yeah. and, and do all this garbage that they should never do. And they misdirect, they mislead people. In regards to your subpoena, is this a process that you are doing in which you are representing yourself? Is there an attorney present? No, I'm representing myself. I'm doing this all around. Wow. Respect. Respect to you for going through that process, because good God, I could not imagine representing you. myself. You asked me earlier about the outcome of this. This is going to take yeah. many, many months. And even if the Supreme Court hears it and gives me a favorable, no action will be taken because apparently this administration is above the laws of the United States. I think that I think um, that could be said for most administrations as well. Yeah, yeah to be so honest with in you. In some ways, yeah. Mm -hmm. But in this, whoever was in office, it doesn't matter, Republican, Democrat, Correct. I don't care. Correct. They're acting above the law. This has to be adjudicated. Mm -hmm. There must be a correction. We have to get our stuff back and it's, our people. This is no joke. I couldn't agree with you more yeah. in regards to the gear. I mean, I, it's so messed up to say that I care about my equipment almost more than I care about the actual people. But it's the mentality that you train about weapon gear body. So I need to make sure that my shit is accounted for. And, before I can uh, worry about a little thing called statement of charges. Everybody loves yeah. those because that really impacts your impact. You know, your wallet. So mm -hmm. nobody. Dude, dude, we don't have funding for this. We don't have funding for that. Let's leave billions of pieces. Of you. Just leave all of it. Just leave all of it. Don't even bring your clothes. Don't leave, just leave naked. That's what we're going to do.
Yeah. yeah well, but Sergeant well, Lopez is going to get charged for a tactical <laughs> helmet. That shit was tactically acquired. Oh, <laughs> gear, gear drift, bro. Gear drift is, is, hey, man. is another man's treasure. Yes, sir. Your gear Mr. drift Cotel. is a gift. Mr. Cotel, I want to say thank you for uh, joining us this morning. Uh, truth be told, I think you are you are a uh, original patriot. You know, I'm trying. I, I think uh, you are asking for accountability, as we all should. Um, you know, you are upholding our oath to our constitution to defend the constitution and against our enemies both foreign and domestic and i admire you for that i appreciate it i'd rather be righteous and poor than rich and have a large knob up my rear <laughs> <laughs> you know i i i uh we don't we don't just let anyone on here and um you know, i i i i uh want i want to say thank you one two you know I really hope that that you know this builds traction. Um, if 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 this episode will help in any type of way, just to bring education to to our audience, um, to get them asking questions, maybe you know it'll hit the right person. Um, so once 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 again, thank you, thank you for your service, and Godspeed. Thank you all for your service. Before I run and let you Go speak, I know you're going to do this. I want to take a real quick opportunity. If you're a veteran, if you're a spouse or a child of a veteran that's fallen, I'd ask you to get a hold of either AMVETS or DAV to assist you with any kind of beneficial needs, whether it's education, VA loans, disability payments, or burial payments. I would ask you to do that. They are there to help you and ground guide you because the VA is a very large monster that no one likes. So these guys can help you to circumvent that. And this may help a lot of veterans that are listening. Absolutely. Now, real quickly, I just want to say, Mr. Cortell, I didn't know what to expect coming into this. I overread what he sent me. But again, when it's some things like this, you don't know if you're going to get the type of tone that's coming more from a strategic and tactical perspective or from an emotional perspective. And so I really do want to commend you from somebody who has such a personal connection to this type of situation for maintaining your composure and staying so professional and coming in here and educating somebody like myself who might not know as much. I appreciate the knowledge, sir. Well, let's think about it, though. Guys died because mm -hmm. of this. All right. And more will. Absolutely. Because of this. All right. We can stop it. Yes, sir. So that, that means a lot to me. I agree. Absolutely. I agree 100 percent. So there you go. I'm Sean. Oh, I'm Dylan. Oh, oh yes, yeah, hey, hey man. Hey, <laughs> hey, you trying to cut out my dates, yeah. bro? Go ahead, bro. Listen, you man, got it, you got I stayed real it. quiet for this yeah. whole pot. Right. Now we got some dates. I got wife outside on my ass right now, bro. <laughs> we got some dates, man. November 11th, right after Marine Corps birthday, I will be performing at Bayboro Comedy with my man Bob Holden. November 12th, I'll be at Dark Door Spirits. The 13th, I will be at the Florida Crane. The 14th, Side Splitters in, in Wesley Chapel. I will be going back home to do some shows with my homeboys. 19 to the 21st, Tampa Improv. Ari Shafir is coming into town. Steve Simone's going to be featuring for me. Your boy's going to come and do some guest sets. So make sure you come by. If you want to see me do some comedy on some mushrooms, come by and see me do nice, my thing, bro. Nice. I love you guys, man. Dylan Walker Comedy. Uh, next Wednesday, once once again, guys, November 10th, uh, White Light Ebor. We will be hosting the official 246. United States Marine Corps birthday bash at White Lie. I in, think I'm gonna come through. In Eve, well, you better come through. I think I've been I've been right. treating my liver like it's in a fight yeah, camp for the yeah, last yeah. 18 so, weeks, getting ready for this. You know, yeah. uh, 
because uh, the local commands here in in Tampa they canceled all the, uh, all all their balls because mm-hmm. because headquarters Marine Corps uh, believes in COVID still. So uh, we will be hosting the official unofficial. Record birthday bash in Hell Amor yeah. City. Okay. I'm gonna come by. Fuck right. it. I'm coming, Sean. Right. I'm coming. I just committed myself. Bring Bulldog and Bash. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. I'm Dylan. And I'm Sean. And this is the As, As You Were Podcast. Podcast.